1: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
2: this is dsc's
1: untamed heritage dsc's untamed heritage is brought to you by dallas safari club conservation education protecting hunters rights ruger Rugged, reliable firearms. Hardity. Accurate, deadly, dependable. Trijicon. Brilliant aiming solutions. Burnham Brothers Calls. as Calls Made. Texas Wildlife Association. Working for tomorrow's wildlife today. Texas raised hunting products. The scent gods. www.freelandthehuntersmoon.com The hunter conservation website. I'm very fortunate to be here in the d s c office this morning and visiting with Carson and Nate and talking about a lot of different things talking about hunts and and uh hunts these guys have drawn for this year you've got some fantastic hunts ahead of y'all and with uh, and I think you're hunting Nate with a stick and string or something like that but yeah,
3: just, just trying to make it as hard as just possible.
1: obviously you are right? <laughs> yeah. you, you you always- you you must really love to
3: hunt. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I, the, the way I look at it uh, is uh, the more opportunities I have to get outside, um, I'll take those. So whether that's picking up a muzzleloader or a stick and string or whatever it is, I'm, I'm game for it.
1: You know, I used to bow hunt. You probably didn't know that.
3: I, I think we've talked about that yeah. a time or two. And yeah, then, the, then I grew up. Yeah, and, and then you have, you have the sage wisdom now and picked up a rifle.
1: Uh, uh, DSC we're visiting a lot of things about DSC and, and of course Nate isn't very much involved in, as far as membership is concerned kind of the, the honcho as far as membership and then Carson is very much involved with the different chapters that we have in the development of chapters and one of the things that really thrills me about getting to know you guys is the fact that you are at the age that you are and you're working for DSC and the positions that you are. We're very fortunate. We've got a, a great demographics when it comes to membership. You know, we got the old gray beards or white beards like me, and then I look over and see you guys, and I'm so thankful that you are who you are and that you're at the age that you are, and I look at that and I go, man, the future is in great hands. Are there anything very special about DSC to, to maybe get more guys of, of your era, like my grandsons, involved?
3: Yeah, um kind of in general, I mean I I've been at this position for a little over a year and a half now and uh that's something I noticed kind of when I took over. Generally we do have an older demographic. I mean, we have plenty of young guys and gals in the organization, but um it does tend to trend um a little older. And uh I think uh something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about is um DSC in the past, um I mean, we've kind of put off this persona I think sometimes of being our focus is Africa. And typically the folks who go hunt over there, I mean, you have to have a little more cash in your pocket to be able to do that. And so that typically trends towards a little bit of an older demographic. But um, I think the past couple of years, DSC has done a really great job to promote the fact that we don't just concentrate on Africa alone. I mean, we do projects here in Texas, whether that's helping put in water guzzlers um, in West Texas for desert bighorn sheep or uh, out west for mule deer, and uh, all over the world. So it's not just Africa-focused. And it's been really great to see um, the past year or two um, the Conservation Society come together. That's our Young Professionals group.
1: The Conservation Society. Yep.
3: And so we've done things, like at the convention, uh, we hosted a social hour with Stewards of the Wild, which is uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife's young professional group. Modern Huntsman was there. Um, And so that was a great opportunity to get um, some younger blood at the convention um, get those folks involved we handed out free day pass tickets to anyone who came to that um, And it was a free event it was a free event and it was awesome being in a room filled with about 300 folks under the age of 30 who were looking forward to coming to the show yeah. and signing up for membership. No, I'm thrilled I'm, I'm
1: loving what I'm hearing
3: that's yeah, fantastic it was,
2: it, was, it was a good time it was a great time it was, and
3: it was excellent and Nate kind of
2: mentioned a few of the the projects that we've that DSC proper has worked on, right? Um, but our chapter system, like you know, is is kind of all over the, the the nation currently, and in their areas, they're working on projects. So they're working on expanding Hunter's Ed, or just getting kids outside on a on a turkey or a pheasant hunt, or, or catch their first bass. Um, and and Nate to Nate's point, there's kind of a, a maybe a persona or or. Um, just a theme that, that DSC is all about Africa, which we do a lot of work in Africa, that's that's very true, but we also do a significant amount of work here in the States. Nate and I have never ever hunted Africa, but we hunt all over the nation, all over the world in terms of North America, um, every year. Uh, Nate drew a couple tags this year. Yep. I uh, I didn't. I was one of the unlucky <laughs> folks.
1: Yeah, I, I understand the I didn't part.
2: <laughs> and uh, so you know I might I might run up to uh, Colorado on an over the counter tag and, and try and go put a bowl down. Um, so there's it's it kinda runs the gamut and uh, but we, we we certainly have something for everybody. I think that's the really unique part about D S C is is we're not we do we do a lot of work in Africa, but we do a lot of work here in the States and there's something for everyone. Whether that's that's Mule Deer or Pronghorn or Desert Bighorn or or working up in British Columbia with G O A B C right alongside them hand in hand. Um, we do a lot of work and I think people would be surprised to know some of the projects that, that we work on and, and things we're passionate about and how they can fit in to the to the organization. To help advance conservation education and
1: advocacy, I think you're right. Uh, so very often, uh, I know now these days we seem to refer our organization as DSC, and to me that kind of downplays the safari thing. And, and I, I've been to Africa numerous times. I, I'd love to go back, but my passion is is North America. When I get right down to it, uh, often I'm asked about what is what, what DSC? What does that stand for? I said, ducks, squirrels, club. <laughs> I said, you know, you really don't have to be a, uh, an old guy like me that go, goes to Africa, that now has finally some discretionary dollars that they can spend. Uh, hunting is hunting, and hunting is conservation. And, and some of the projects that we do here in North America start really from the ground on up, and they benefit everything. The uh, you, you mentioned the, the program in West Texas with uh, guzzlers mm-hmm. or uh, water sources, I'll, I'll bet you that those local birds benefit oh, yeah. a whole lot more from that water than what our desert bighorn or mule deer or any of the other larger species yep. do. And I think that's some of the times it's kind of overlooked. That kind of gets back to you guys and with the age that you are. And, and to me, it's we need to have more of y'all. So anything that we can do to increase our membership in that younger age class, we, you mentioned uh, the Heartland Chapter. We, yep. We've talked about it in the past. I've been very fortunate to be a speaker there, and, and have some very dear friends involved in that organization. And they do so much to try to encourage youth. Their entire focus of that organization there, their chapter, to, seems to me to be getting more youth involved.
2: That, That's—I mean—that quite literally is their mission: uh, get youth outside, get youth outdoors. And they do a tremendous job of doing so. Um, it's and it's to your point. It's there's something for everybody. And there is.
1: I'm going to come back. Tell me a little bit more about the Conservation Society. Conservation Society. Yes, okay. Uh, how do people learn more about it? And what do you have regular meetings, or do you have? Because this is the part that I don't get a chance to do. I get a chance to yeah. talk to chapters and, <laughs> and you know those kind of things, but I'm not because of my age if you will I'm, I'm not that in familiar with the Conservation Society
3: so you can uh, check out our website and actually opt in for uh, uh, emails about the Conservation Society and upcoming events we actually uh, it was unfortunate but we had a uh, crawfish boil for the Conservation Society that's supposed to be next next weekend, next weekend. Yeah. and uh, that's an annual event we do every year um, and we we had to cancel that because <laughs> yeah, of unfortunately, uh, COVID right. but but uh, I mean, we do events like that. We had an event last fall at the Filson store here in Dallas. Cool. Um, and so, Nice. Uh, we, we've been trying to spread it out to where we do events kind of around the DFW area um, so that we can reach different areas and different demographics of folks that way. So um, we're, we're kind of right now in the uh, waiting process to see when restrictions are lifted on <laughs> hosting events. Uh, yes, sir. But there will be more Conservation Society events coming up, and Carson and I we're happy to talk to anyone and uh, everyone about anything Conservation Society related and how you might want to get involved. Absolutely. I think
1: it's fantastic. So they can yeah. find then they can find it again on the website on biggame.org. Yes, right. Yep.
2: Yep. And and Nate and I Nate and I are both on. You know, Facebook and Instagram as well. And for any of you guys that are out there and, and you, you stumble upon our pages, feel free to shoot us a message and we're, we're happy to talk about anything uh, conservation related, Conservation Society, DSC, um, anything. Uh, Nate, Nate can tell you about his bow
1: walks. And,
3: yeah, uh, uh, t- <laughs> <laughs> that, that took a
1: second to soak in. <laughs> he likes to go hiking with the bow. Well, I don't that, well, like I said, you know, he likes to hunt. You know, there's there's a difference between hunting and harvesting sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, yeah.
3: Last year I drew an archery pronghorn tag. Uh, and It was my first time chasing pronghorn with a bow. And the minute I drew that tag, Carson said, Enjoy your nice long walk with the bow. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it took me about four or five days and about 40 stalks and crawling through the New Mexican uh, desert. But I was finally able to get it done and... I was fortunate enough to draw that same tag this year. so.
1: Oh, that is fantastic. Congratulations, Thanks. I'll tell you what. So it's I'm, tough enough with a rifle, or I have shot them with a handgun a fair amount. Exactly. Those are tough, but when you have to crawl within distance, yep. and everything there is uh, just as nice, it's soft, you know, no stickers, know, no thorns, or anything like
3: that, right? So I'm, I'm going to bring a pair of tweezers and plenty of sunscreen. <laughs> and, uh, Hopefully we can get it done. Uh,
1: and, and duct sure. tape. Duct tape works really nicely to get those little bitty spines out of your hands sometimes. Exactly. Yep.
3: I yep. I did an oddad hunt this past weekend, and I'm still picking splinters out of my knees and hands.
1: Well, that's, that's part of the make sure that you cre- you created a memory. This is to help you maintain thinking exactly.
2: of that memory <laughs> for a
3: while.
2: Yeah. If he can pull it off an archery pronghorn two years in a row, I know he didn't find that thing on the side of the road.
1: Obviously, you guys love to hunt. Uh, I'd like to make... They tell me about the first animal that you took. What are your first hunting experience that you remember that stands out in your mind?
3: Well, I, I grew up in New Mexico, so yes, right. uh, um, I think my, my dad did a great job of um, introducing me to the outdoors. He kind of started off um, just taking me on hunts. So I was tagging along. And right. so um, I think he did a good job of kind of putting a good taste in my mouth of hunting, of the first hunts he took me on were kind of easier hunts, not too strenuous, um, and then we kind of worked up to some of the tougher mountain hunts. Um, and so that was a great way to kind of introduce me, but the first animal that I took was a mule deer in uh, the Pecos Wilderness in northern New Mexico. And it was, uh, the, the past couple of years, I've done really good about getting my uh, money's worth out of my tags, and this hunt was the exact same. I think we hunted five days and oh my goodness yes. it was the last evening we were literally walking out of the forest to go uh back to our little cabin and uh head back south to go home and we were about three miles um, from the trailhead and we stumbled across some mule deer and I, I'd kind of thrown in the towel at that point I was just dragging my feet walking downhill just wanted to get some water and a warm meal and uh looked up and there was a I, I thought it was a monster, and uh, <laughs> it ended up just being a, a classic kind of three by three. That's
1: a monster. <laughs> it, it, it was a monster a to me. Monster.
3: And yeah. uh, ended up uh, poking them at about seventy-five yards in some uh, Quakey benches, and um, that was I. That was one of the most exciting moments uh, that I can remember, kind of in my hunting career, getting my first mule deer, and I remember. Uh, we uh, quartered them out, hung them up that night, right. and uh, we went back down to our little cabin and called uh, a couple of my dad's buddies, and they came back up the next day and helped us pack it out. And uh, yeah, I, I picked up that deer head the other day and I was looking at it, and there was, was a lot of fond memories came back. Uh, I do remember it being bigger at the time. It has <laughs> shrunk since then when I hold it in my hands, but uh, a great memory nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I tell a story a lot of times about my first deer, about it being a Boone Crockett until I recovered it. And it turned out to be this beautiful spike buck with five inch horn exactly. on one side uh, four inches yeah. on
3: the other. Yep. What did you shoot it with? Uh, that was a 270. What, 270. Winchester Model 70. It was my granddad's, right. passed down to my dad, and uh, it's mine now. And so I have a uh, classic t- gun, classic story is exactly. I love yeah. those kind I've of things. Taking my first Mule Deer L. Pronghorn, white-tailed deer with that gun, and so it it is a it has been a well-used firearm, that's for sure,
1: and a great history to it too. Exactly, it's yes, great sir. heritage. Yep. How fantastic, Carson? What about you? Do you what do you remember, what do you remember about your first hunt or the first time you took an animal? So my very
2: first hunt that I can remember um, was a duck hunt with my dad, and I grew up in Alaska. Right. And uh, I was probably six, seven. And I wasn't big enough to, to handle a shotgun. And so I towed it around a BB gun on a duck hunt. And, uh, it, you know, obviously I'm not going to be very effective with a BB gun, but I have this <laughs> hilarious memory in my mind. Um, my, the, the whole summer prior, I was practicing with the BB gun. And the morning of the hunt, I'm all, I, have, I look like the, like the Michelin <laughs> man. You know, I got, I got layers and jackets that are just too big. And my dad asked me to, to shoulder my BB gun, and I can't. Because of the layers. <laughs> and so I have this fond memory of my dad holding the BB gun on the, on the, the bed of his pickup and just sawing off the stock of right. his BB gun, you know, oh, at four in the morning. Oh my gracious. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> we ended up, we had a, a, a mallard just swimming or decoy a decoy all silent. And I was like, You ready? You ready? And him and I shot at the same time, but he swears that I was a millisecond first and I killed it with that BB gun. Oh, I <laughs> that's that. my that's my first my first uh, no, man, my I first hunt. My first big game animal actually was a I believe I was 18 or 19. Um, throughout high school, living in Alaska, you know you'd expect that I I hunted you know moose and caribou and sheep and bear every year, and I did I did a fair amount of those things. Uh, was never uh, successful in them. Um, and, and had some family things pop up in high school. My dad was deployed for, uh, he was in Afghanistan for two years, uh, throughout my high school career. And, and so it kind of fell by the wayside for me. I right. was involved in four sports and I think a lot of people can relate to that as well. Absolutely. And, and, and where, you know, things, things kind of take priority. And for me, that was, was, was sports in high school and my, my hunting partner and mentor was, was not there. Um, And uh, so my first big game animal was, I was 18 or 19, I was in college, and it was a, I had no idea what I was doing, and I just set up a deer stand, uh, you know, a tree stand up on some some public there in Kansas, and uh, it was a button buck that I didn't even know was a button buck at the time with my bow at 13 yards, and I've like, I've never been so Wired and, and you know, just like <laughs> I was just buck fever like crazy. understood on what I thought at the time was a doe, <laughs> and that was it. I just, I just completely locked into this deer. It just happened to walk by my stand. I was not in a good spot. I look back on it now i'm just like, why did you put it there? But <laughs> it just, <laughs> oh, you put it there for the right reason. The right things <laughs> yeah. happen.
1: That, uh, I've got a little bit of time left here. You, you, you showed me a picture earlier, and unfortunately, we won't be able to show the picture. But you used a gun very recently. Mm. Yep. On, on an axis deer, I think. Tell me a little bit about that, because that to me was a very special story. It's it's an incredible story. So my my grandfather passed away
2: when I, or excuse me, when my father was 16, 17, somewhere in there, very young. So I never met the man. Yes, sir. Um, but before he passed, he hand-carved and bedded a 243 in a beautiful, beautiful piece of, of oak that he cut off of his farm in, oh in, in Ohio, where my dad grew up, and and like I said, I never met the man. Uh, my dad and I decided we were going to go hunt Axis, and I, I had always I'd seen this rifle before this this two forty three, and you know we, I'd never picked it up. I was when I was younger, I wasn't allowed to touch it. It was it was one of those things. Yes. Um, it was it was what I like to call safe queen. It just lived in the safe. Right. It never came out. Never saw the light of day. And I told my dad, I was like, hey, you know, I'd really like to use that. I think we should use that 243 and he's he's kind of you know wavering on it i don't know i don't it's it's, he never even shot it i said dad granddad would be rolling over in his grave if he knew that you never used that thing and all the time and effort he put into it and he said he would he would want you to use it he he doesn't want he he built it for you to use and uh so uh, hook line and sinker got him to to commit there (laughs) and uh so we sighted it in and i mean it's a wonderful shooting gun and just yesterday received an Axis back and that was the first time it's ever been hunted with and it's it's really the only connection that I have to him. You know, it's, it's, it's so special to be able, I've never met him and uh, I always think we'd like to get, a, I always like to think that we would have gotten along um, but it's, it's the best connection I have to him is be able to hold that rifle and look at it and know that his hands were right here at one point, you know, 60, 70 years ago. And that's so that's it's really special. I, I have chills just talking about it. Just I get chills. You telling the story yeah, right and, now, and I, I just I can't help but just look at it and just you know feel it and rub it and just know yes, that sir. that's what his, his hands created those those marks and those lines and those those perfectly you know etched uh, mistakes, if you will. You know they're they're just it makes the story and just knowing that you know at some point in, in history that his hands were there. That's that's the connection I have with him. And it's 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 special.
1: It's one of the special things about hunting. Yeah. And that's a connection that a lot of people that don't hunt would never understand probably. Yeah. And that's that's very, very sad. Yeah. With that said, I want to thank you both so very much for allowing me to spend time with you guys this morning. Anytime. Get in touch with D S C through biggame.org dot org. Holler at Nate. Holler at Carson and uh Who knows? They may have another hunting story they may be able to share with you here for two years. (laughs) Hopefully. Yes, sir. Guys, thank you very much. Thanks, Larry. DSC's Untamed Heritage is brought to you by Dallas Safari Club. Conservation, education, protecting hunter's rights. Ruger. Rugged, reliable firearms. Hornady. Accurate, deadly, dependable. Trijicon. Brilliant aiming solutions. Burnham Brothers Game Calls. Call us, calls made. Texas Wildlife Association. Working for tomorrow's wildlife today. Texas raised hunting products. The scent gods. www.trailinthehuntersmoon.com The Hunter Conservation's website.